Well, hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Home Podcast. We offer supports and resources to parents before, during, and after court. I'm your host, Lisa Welter, and in this episode, we're inviting our Restoring Home mediators to talk about how to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Let's introduce our panel today. I am Michaeline Berlatz. I'm a pastor at St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, and I'm also a family and church mediator. Hi, I'm Kima Chamberlain, and I have Life Happens Mediation, and I am a social worker by trade and foster mama to four awesome girls. Hi, I'm Melissa Miroslavich, and I am an attorney practicing in family law and estate planning at Gallowitz and Olson in Lake Elmo, but we also, because of Zoom, can serve all of Minnesota if we want to. I am also a mediator. Hi, I'm Kaylin O'Connor. I am a family mediator out of North Branch, Minnesota, and I have a background working with high-conflict youth and youth and families. Hi, I'm Katrina Villegas. I'm a partner and attorney at a small law firm up in Duluth, Minnesota called Bomir Trogdon Orman Herden Villegas. That's me at the end, Villegas. Um, I practice predominantly family law in Minnesota as well as Wisconsin, and I'm branching out into transformative family mediation in Minnesota for now, but also looking for opportunities in Wisconsin. There's just such a great need for those kinds of things. So thank you. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the table. It's good to have you with us today. We're going to talk about underfunctioning and overfunctioning parents. We're also going to talk about this role uh identity that we as parents might carry and how that connects to conflict resolution. Michaeline, I'm going to let you take the lead and carry out this very fun conversation. We're all guilty of it, and that's overfunctioning and underfunctioning. Um, we know the story of you come home, you've worked all day, and then you've got to make dinner, take care of the kids, and You've got this long list of things. Oh, and don't forget about the laundry because that's got to get done. And then you see your spouse. You love your spouse very dearly, but he's worked all day. And he kind of sort of comes home and you're frantically running around the house. And he's like, hey, what's for dinner? Or what are we doing tonight? Or, oh, where's the newspaper? And you're like ready to jump out of your skin. Well, that's overfunctioning and underfunctioning, kind of described very cynically. Um, but you are funct- overfunctioning. You're doing everything. And if you're doing everything, there's only so much space. And so it's naturally that someone underfunctions. We're all guilty of it. And what happens when we overfunction, we tend to build up resentment. And at some point, the pot boils over and there's an argument and the underfunctioner looks totally helpless saying, I didn't know you needed me to do that. And so I'm here with a wonderful group of women. Um, I would really like to talk about what does overfunctioning look like and underfunctioning in your house? And I want to be careful not to say that women are always the overfunctioners. There's a lot of times when men are overfunctioning and you can only have one overfunctioner in a in a system. 
because the other person will under function. So, um, Kima, I am curious. Are you an over functioner or an under functioner? And how have you seen this played out in your house? Yeah, um, I love this topic because I feel like it uh it, it's our household to a T. Like my personality is just I'm I'm gonna go, go, go until I can't go no more. And my husband is this like go with the flow, he'll handle it when it happens and whatever, you know, it'll be fine because at the end of the day, my mentality is if, if I don't do it, it won't get done. Or if you just have this, like go with the flow, it is what it is type of mentality, it's not going to get done. And I actually have a perfect example of what just happened yesterday. I had an appointment and so I was down in the Metro area and we have four foster kiddos and one of them is in the process of being evaluated for an IEP. And so I had gathered all of this documentation from Wellia and like got it all ready to go, got it in this awesome like manila folder. And he drops usually the kids off in the morning. And so I said, you need to drop this off with the kiddo. Like they need this paperwork. Their evaluation is starting today. Leave the packet at the daycare. They're picking it up today. He's like, okay, got it. Literally as he's walking out the door, forgets the packet. And so I grab the packet and I'm like, babe, the packet that you need to leave at the daycare for the IEP. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he grabs it and then he leaves. I get a call when I'm in the metro from the daycare saying, hey, there's this lady here to come pick up the this paperwork for, you know, so-and-so. And I was like, um, my husband left it there. And and so she's like, but I don't see it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll call him. And I I have to say that in in general, I feel like women are put into that default parent mode, even if you are a working parent. Cause I just recently left my full-time position. And even when I was working a full-time job, I still am like micromanaging default parenting, all of the details within the house. Do we have the laundry done? Do we have, you know, all the food for dinner, et cetera. And um, the one thing that I can say that has helped open my husband's eyes into realizing how much I actually do for the household other than work or, you know, whatever is, and there's another mediator that I know that uses this too. It's called the fair play deck of cards. And it literally has every household task that you could do within your family unit. And you, the first thing you do is you pile up all the ones that you take on and then they take on, and then you look at your piles and you have a discussion about, okay, your pile is like this, my pile is like this. So how can we take something off of this load for myself so then I don't feel like I'm going to snap at you all the time or that it's not all on my plate. And yes, there are still faults in that system, but it's nice because then I can say, okay, you took on the task of dinner. That means that you tell me what food you need for dinner, you what like types of things you need from the grocery store, because I'll pick up the groceries. That's my task. But you have to tell me what you need. So then all of that mental load isn't on me. And that's been something that's been very helpful in, uh, in some of this. <laughs> Uh, I would say I am the overfunctioning parent uh, in the household. Although if you were to ask my husband, he would say that he does tons and tons and tons, lots of overfunctioning on his own. <laughs> I would completely disagree with that. But regardless, it doesn't really matter. In the end, you know, the, the, the stuff needs to get done. And so one of the things that I've been thinking about as I've been listening is some of overfunctioning is just the thought process, I think, 
about making everything happen or making sure it happened and keeping it in your head. And I would say that in my family, I'm the person who does that. So even though I have a husband who does grocery shopping and he does, you know, I don't know, he'll make meals and he's really, he's really active and engaged. I feel like I'm still the one who's mentally keeping everything in check. Have we made those dentist appointments? Have we done this? Is this done? Is this done? And that's the part I think that's the most wearing. Um, And so in my family, sometimes it's been helpful to just say, hey, we're going to have to redefine some of this, or I'm going to not think about this anymore. So we have really active kids who are in sports. And I've literally said, I'm checking out of this. This is going to be on you. And then when it comes up or there's a question, I'll engage and I'll have a response. But I'm trying to very, very consciously not think about it and give myself some more space and some more room um, in my brain to keep things sort of separate. And then and then I have to also check myself before I wreck myself <laughs> and 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 make sure that once I've done that, that I really am. Because if I've said, if we've agreed, um, husband's going to take on the sports and get the kids there and figure out how the, all of those nuances, if I find myself now thinking about it, I literally say, stop, not my role today, right? And I find mm-hmm. that to be really helpful to sort of catch myself. Um, yeah. Because he hasn't asked me to do that. He hasn't said, oh, I can't, ha-, you know, I'm the one who's just putting on to him that I that I don't think he can handle it. So, um, and that's not okay. So that's one of the ways that I've helped myself is to is to check myself and say, oh, you know, this isn't my, we've decided and it's fine. And quite frankly, if something falls through the cracks, what's the worst thing that can happen? Probably nothing, <laughs> right? We missed a practice, you know, or we have takeout for dinner or something. So um, letting some of that, some of that go has been really helpful. Um, my husband and I have also used the fair play deck that came always talking about. And one of the hardest parts for us is that I have always done the majority of the invisible workload, um, paying the bills and scheduling doctor's appointments and all the things that, you know, it might look like I'm just sitting on my computer for an hour, but I'm getting a lot of things done that have to be done. If I don't pay the bills, we're going to be in a really, really sticky situation, um, But then for my husband, it's like, well, I shoveled the whole driveway. I took out all the trash and it's very visual things that you can see that he's doing to contribute. And we had to have those conversations of whether or not you can see the task being done doesn't make it more or less significant or more or less of a mental load. It, it's still tasks that have to be completed. So using the fair play cards helped us to kind of visualize all the different tasks that both of us were doing. And then another thing for us, um, we had a lot of conversations about a balanced and fair workload in the house when we first got married. And we thought, you know, we've got this, we're, you know, we're never going to have any arguments about this. You know, we figured it out, you know, who's going to do what. It's really balanced, but there's a big difference between what your workload looks like when you're two adults living in an 800 square foot apartment. And now we've got a four bedroom house and two and a half acres and 11 animals. And we are, our life looks very different than it did. So we have had to reevaluate the workload over time. And I think that's something that, um, 
you know, the first couple times we had to readjust the system. It's like, oh, well, the system is failing or like, oh, well, we failed or, oh, why is this not working? It's like, well, we had a significant life change. And every time you have a significant life change, whether that's getting a different job and now you're on a different schedule or having another child, adding an animal, whatever it is, or being in a new home where, you know, the systems that we had in our last home don't work here. And we have to constantly reevaluate and check in with each other to communicate, hey, is this fair? And not only is the work fair, but do we have equal rest? Are we both having the opportunity to engage in fun things and being able to take care of ourselves as individuals? Have to admit, I'm the over-functioning parent or the default parent, as I heard a few folks say today. Um, and I have dealt with a lot of resentment and how do I communicate my needs and desires for a more equitable relationship with my spouse. And he has said the exact thing that you have said, which is, I didn't know you needed all of this help, or I didn't know that you had taken on all of these burdens. And so I need to go out and buy that fair play deck of cards because I think that would be an amazing way to visualize what we're both dealing with and help me to understand what he's doing too right when I'm not there because I'm on my phone making the appointments and following up with the doctor and making sure the dentist bill has been paid all of the things that I'm doing might prevent me from seeing and acknowledging what he's doing as well so that is my takeaway is there's a resource out there that would be great and um it is something where we're both constantly saying to ourselves, let's check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, because it is hard to have those conversations when you've got two little kids around, but it's so important. I would like to challenge us, all of us over-functioners, because everyone here is an over-functioner. And what would it be like today, or you schedule a day that um, you choose to be the opposite. What would happen if you started to underfunction? Oh, Kama, I can see you just sweating there. Well, you know, it's funny because like, like I said before, I feel in my head, I feel like if I don't do it, it's not going to happen. But I think I also have to tell myself like, it could happen. It just might not be the way that I would want it to happen. I mean, I have to admit there was a, we had a day last week where it was, I, I hit my ceiling. I was done. I was over it. And I literally was like, I'm over peopled. I'm over it. And I just went to my room and I literally fell asleep at like five o'clock in the afternoon. I was just done. But you know what? The house did not burn down. Did the kids get the bath that I wanted them to have that night? No. Did I set the medications out for the other kiddo? No. <laughs> did I make dinner? Nope. But they were fed and they got in bed. And it was fine. It like the house was perfectly fine when I got up the next day. It's okay. And so I think allowing ourselves an opportunity to understand like it might not happen the way I want it to happen or the way that I would do it, but will it happen in some form or fashion? Probably. What I'll share is um, if you can, if I, maybe I'm doing the you thing too, if I can let go with how it gets done and, um, that also then gives the, the possibility that the kids can take on more too. And I think that's really important. Um, they're part of the family. And even when they're really little, 
Um, we had a Tupperware cupboard when my kids were really little that was um, low and they put the Tupperware away because they could reach it. Right. And when they got a little older, we put plates and bowls and things in there so they could get their own cereal in the morning and started giving them the ability to take on some of those roles. And so uh, was it ever perfect? No. Was it sometimes, you know, but it didn't matter because it got done and they felt like part of the family and they felt accomplished. And so I agree. Some of it is just letting go and letting, giving people the opportunity to do it too, giving space for that. Yeah. The biggest thing for me, cause I have a very specific way that I would like things to get done. Um, but I also know that I hate doing the dishes and if I want someone else to actually do them, I'm just not going to look at the dishwasher and we're just going to pretend that they loaded it the way that I wanted it to be loaded. Um, but at the end of the day, the dishes are clean. The task is accomplished and that's fine. Um, but another thing that my husband and I have talked a lot about is just if one of us was doing 100% of the tasks all the time without any communication or contribution from the other person, if something were to happen to the person doing everything, what are they going to do? Um, so we try to communicate as much as we can about different tasks. You know, my husband, even if there's a task that he's usually responsible for, you know, he'll try to loop me in on it. Cause he's like, Hey, if something happens to me, you need to know how to do this too. And I'll tell him, I'll say, Hey, you know, if something happens to me, you need to know how to do this. And that helps us, especially when there's times that if there is a day that one of us is just like, I do not want to do anything else or we have other life circumstances, like we can work together a little bit better. Um, but there is a lot of letting go on my part of the right way to do things. Thank you. One final comment for me is I hear and validate everything that's being said. And for me, it's a matter of, I am not responsible for everything. I think I feel that I am. And when I hear others saying, I'm giving you the opportunity to take this on for me, it's really giving them the chance to share that responsibility and just everybody can have a larger role in the household. And it is just the letting go and the shrugging off. It's, I'm not a goddess, you know, and everybody has their role to play and letting them have that role and giving them the chance to shine is, is something that I'm personally challenging myself to try to do better. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about <clears throat> scripture right now and that there's one body, but there's many parts and each of us in our families can contribute maybe you're the hands and you get things done or maybe you're the feet that run the errands maybe you're the brain that thinks the vision but we all have and if we take over all those parts we're really taking away from other people to bring their best self into the relationship so it really comes down to managing our anxiety and our expectations and and providing grace to our loved ones when they don't do it the way we want, because you know what, we don't, we're not the only ones who have the way. Well, you heard it from moms who are mediators and also all kinds of various backgrounds from attorneys, social workers, pastors, youth workers. 
Friends, household conflict is a regular dynamic that all of us work through. And you just heard from each of our mediators ways in which they work through their own household conflict and navigate particular circumstances. We talked about the fair play cards, and I'm going to put those in our show notes if that's interesting to you. I would encourage you to pick them up. You can find them on Amazon or on the Fair Play uh, website. Today's episode has been sponsored by family mediator and family attorney, Katrina Viegas. She provides support to families up in the Duluth, Minnesota area and also Northern Wisconsin. Katrina is a total delight. As she and I have sat down, had coffee, she cares about you your family, and finding peaceful resolutions that make sense for you. Please find more information about Katrina on our website at restoring-home.com backslash Katrina Viegas. I'll put her information in the show notes as well. Friends, we'll see you next week as we have a conversation as women and our need to control and how that perpetrates and causes all kinds of conflict in our lives. We'll see you next week, friends. Take care.